0: I've never had such a reaction watching a TV show as I did during the ending of this episode of WandaVision. Let's talk about it. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Movie Morning. where We discuss all things movies, reviews, rankings, news updates, and all of that good stuff. But we also talk about TV occasionally, and I've been doing so over the past couple of months because, well, there's no new movies coming out, and we've got all these amazing Disney Plus shows premiering every single Friday, and today we're going to be discussing episode five of Marvel Studios' WandaVision. So today we're going to be going into that, pretty much going through like recapping the episode, giving my thoughts with full with a full spoiler warning. Just click off right now if you haven't seen this episode of WandaVision. And wow, and I think if you've just if you were hesitant after those first two episodes. Now is the time to jump on, and I know I probably said this last week, but really, now we, I really feel like the show is leading up to something, and I didn't get a sense of that back during the first week back during the first week this show aired, which was, what, like three weeks ago now, I believe, so it's crazy anyways where I'm going to be discussing all of the big things that were dropped during this episode, and yeah, so... Full spoiler warning, please click off if you haven't seen episode 5 of WandaVision. So let's get into it. This episode, of course, takes place in the 80s. That's obviously really obvious from that the third episode took place in the 70s and then possibly get a bit of a break from the sitcom element. This episode is obviously in the 80s and without question, I think this is the one that I think the humor and the style in which it was filmed kind of connected with me the most was the one that I kind of like latched on to the easiest because you know I obviously never watched I don't watch too much stuff from like the 1950s and 60s especially not TV from that time so this is the one that I kind of latched on to the most of course because we're in the 80s now and I'm kind of a little more familiar with the time period and now of course we have Wanda and Vision and their two kids Billy and Tommy but of course we start off the episode and we pretty much get Agnes just coming Right in, and she there's this thing where she kind of makes a mistake where Vision's kind of questioning Agnes taking care of their kids, and he kind of he's kind of like, No, nah, actually, we're not gonna have this. And Agnes is like, Do you want to retake this? And Wanda's, you know, I guess kind of acting a little confused to kind of keep Vision under the bus, but then you know, obviously, there's something up, and Agnes kind of just restarts the scene and kind of plays back into character. And it's one of those again really odd moments that are kind of just placed in here to kind of throw the viewer off and to kind of you know build more tension going forward. And obviously, we know that everyone pretty much in Westview, well most people, are kind of playing along. They don't feel like they're in, they don't feel like they're being controlled. Well, I guess most people do, but Agnes is someone who kind of breaks that mold because she's also clearly. You know, like, kind of has some—she's kind of in on the loop, and she knows what's going on, and she's kind of playing into it, you know, with the takes and all that. But I still think she does have a hidden agenda, and I still think she will end up being the main villain of the series, but we will see where that goes. We don't get too much hints about where her storyline is going in this episode, but I really liked the little cameos she makes, but she doesn't play too big of a role once again pretty much continuing on we also get we also learn we pretty pretty much come out of westview and we go back into we go outside of westview where you know we have monica now and we, we also we learned that vision's body was actually stolen from the sword facility of course his corpse i guess you could say was stolen by wanda she kind of just broke it and they even had footage of that and luckily it wasn't shot like you know a movie was shot, was shot like, okay, those are security cameras, and they showed that footage, and I kind of liked that, even, and it was kind of far away, but it was good, so I guess, the end credit scene, of Avengers Endgame, where, what it was supposed to be, was pretty much, Wanda going to get, visions, you know, dead corpse, but I guess that's, what they kind of replaced that, with this scene, in this fifth episode, so, it's definitely, interesting, and I'm glad they didn't include that, in Avengers Endgame, because I think they would have, that would have kind of, For that particular movie, it wouldn't have fit right. And also, I don't think you really need to set up a Disney Plus show that was kind of nearly two years away in a movie that was so satisfying and fulfilling. I feel like they should have ended things and not really look to the future. They rightly cut this out. But I like that we have this in here. And I think that would have given a little too many clues about where WandaVision was headed. But now it seems really clear that, yes, Wanda is in fact very much in control of this, whether, you know, we have Agnes or Mephisto or whatever controlling her. She very much is a main player in going on what's going on in Westview, which is shown even clearer later in the episode. And basically, the Monica Rambo and her crew pretty much that kind of, <clears throat> excuse me, pretty much learn that kind of things kind of get manipulated as they're in there, but you kind of still wear what, you're going into. So what they decided to do is kind of to send something in there that was already from that time period, which is going to be a drone. And I'll kind of come back to this and talk about the drone and where that goes just in a couple of seconds. But first, I'm going to be discussing the scene where Vision is pretty much at work. I'm going to be skipping over a little bit of the sitcom elements because they aren't as important unless they really do play into the plot. Then I'll mention a little more. I don't want these reviews to go on for like 45 minutes. So, you know, i got to cut some things down, but... Vision goes to work. So I like that we have a scene like that again. We haven't had that since episode two, I believe, from three weeks ago now. It's crazy. Three weeks from now, we'll be watching the, the penultimate episode. That's kind of how quickly this show has been going by. We've watched most of the episodes of the show now, which is crazy. But he goes to work, and pretty much he's kind of see people are acting weird. There's even an email sent from Darcy and Sword. And it's just extremely odd, and it kind of is played for laughs by the characters in there you know as the sitcom being created the vision knows something is up and he pretty much just kind of puts his hands on a guy and does pretty much weird magic tricks or I guess he uses his abilities kind of snap someone out of the sitcom uh you know mindset and he's just in here like you have to stop her you have to stop her and vision's just like what what what's going on I don't know and basically, yeah, it's, pretty, it's clear, pretty clear that Wanda pretty much has a control over everyone, everyone's mind. Because she, he even talks, the office worker even talks about how, you know, she's constantly in my head. And Vision knows, or Vision assumes that, you know, that he's refer- referring to Wanda. You know, who else could he be referring to that has, you know, telepathic or telekinesis abilities like Wanda, Wanda does. So, he kind of makes an assumption I'm going to go out on a limb and say that I actually don't think it's Wanda that he's referring to. And that ending scene where he's she's kind of just like, you don't believe me, that wasn't me who did that. I honestly do believe her, despite what how clearly it's looking that she is in control of this. I don't think she's the one keeping all the people hostage in the town. And I don't think she's the one who's kind of forcing them to be there. And once Vision pretty much snaps the guy back into you know, sitcom mode... He knows that something is very wrong. And then we cut back to Wanda and her children. We get a nice scene, you know, about him, her talking about her, his brother, a bit of foreshadowing for the end of the episode. We'll get there in just a bit. But we, the drone comes into town, and Wanda is just, you know, clearly, she's not having this anymore. She's had way too many disruptions already. And she comes out of the Westview, you know, border. She kind of just comes out. We see kind of like the the, I guess, barriers kind of, like, getting breached. They're, you know, they're not stable. She comes out, and there we have Wanda Maximoff herself in the Scarlet Witch outfit from, you know, the previous Avengers movies. I thought they would change it up, but no, it's the exact same outfit she has at the end of Avengers Endgame as well as Avengers Infinity War, which is a little changed from Captain America Civil War as well as Avengers Age of Ultron. She comes out, and basically she's... Very much acting more like Wanda in Age of Ultron, where she kind of feels like the villain. She's very aggressive. And Elizabeth Olsen, I think, does a great job kind of stepping in and out of playing Wanda Maximoff. But then, like, the MCU character, as well as Wanda Maximoff, the sitcom character that we see throughout most of the show so far. She does a great job kind of bringing that accent we know from the movies. And... Although it's kind of dropped in Infinity War. She brings that back here. And I think, again, it's a little bit of foreshadowing about how this, this show will have ties to her past. And Sokovia and all that we experience with her throughout Phase 2 and 3 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But pretty much she's, again, like I said, she's acting like the villain. And this is where I actually wouldn't be surprised if Elizabeth Olsen is in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. As the villain. Because... I don't know there's any other way you can really tie the plot threads together as of right now. Maybe by, the end of the, maybe by the end of the season. Actually, there's another way I'll talk about a little bit. But maybe by the end of the season, we have this massive multiverse plot, plot thread that will tie into Doctor Strange 2. Well, I guess that kind of is hinted at here, but I still don't see that heading fully down that path. And pretty much next to what happens is basically she talks to the, all these SWORD agents as well as Jimmy Wu, who works obviously for the FBI, not for, you know, SWORD. But, and she, she's basically saying, you know, don't bother me and I won't bother you. Like she obviously has more power over all these agents. Monica's trying to connect with her and it's just not working at all. She doesn't want anything to do with this outside of world and outside world. She's pretty much calling Westview her home. She's kind of created this, like as a manifestation of what she really, what she wants to be with Vision again after you know died. And it's again, I love, I love how this goes into Wanda's guilt and kind of her how she feels following the death of Vision. And that's something that I don't think any of the movies would have ever gone into because I think for the just casual fans of this universe who kinda of just go to these movies to like they're not too like invested. They don't have too much of a connection to the character of Wanda, but I think really massive MCU fans really want to see more of this and I like that they're showing that, you know, is she behind this it was creating raising a lot of questions. Is she behind it? Um and it's just so many questions. It's, I think it is clear that she created the reality to be with Vision, but it feels I feel like her controlling it. Like I think she did start it, but I think kind of how it goes around and how it's controlled, I don't think she can fully control. But she does very clearly enjoy what's going on in there because she's living a happy life as she wanted to, because you know, she had her brother, but then her brother died and then Vision who also got killed. And it's just she's had a tragic life. And I think this show really shows really well kind of how she's dealing with it, especially you know, with what they can do in terms of the MCU. But there is another scene following this, I believe. Actually it might have been before, but it's kind of a scene with the dogs. And this is a very interesting scene because the kids talk about how Wanda can't resurrect can resurrect people and kind of just bring back this dog named Sparky. But then she's saying that we can't bring people back from the dead if they're dead, then they're dead, and you know things aren't forever. It's kind of a call back to an earlier scene in the episode. But the interesting thing is, after this, Wanda and Vision have this, you know, really tense argument about what's going on here. Vision really, really thinks now that Wanda is somehow behind this, and I'm I'm really looking forward to the next episode because it's the next episode is definitely going to be the '90s episode where we have the like them in the Halloween costumes, or I guess you say the classic comic costumes, and I cannot wait to see them fully use that especially even things from the trailer like with Agnes I wouldn't be surprised if they actually spend two episodes in the 90s because I think that there's so much you can do with the Halloween costumes and kind of all that to play out and there is a scene in the trailer which where Vision isn't like that that comic costume and he transitions to the MCU Vision so it's clear that the 90s episode will, will be the bridgeway into kind of the end game of the show obviously not you know okay yeah, I don't really have to go more. I think you guys know what I'm talking about. But they have an argument. It's really getting really tense. And then the doorbell comes. Vision thinks, you know, she's just trying to break things up. She doesn't want to reveal what's going on. And then she opens the door. And this is the point where I knew something big was coming. Because Paul Bettany's been teasing this actor he's always wanted to work with. And some people might be surprised. It did end up being this character. Or not someone like, you know, maybe like Magneto from the X-Men movies. Or maybe like a new character played by a massive actor or like maybe someone playing mephisto and it's just like this super big name we had no idea that he was you know even like we didn't we had no idea that he was even like you know up for being in the show but it turns out that it is quicksilver it's quicksilver and but and then, and then it's cuz you can tell by they show the back of him so you know that it, through the hair it is Pietro Maximoff, Quicksilver, and I'm like, oh my god, they actually got Aaron Taylor Johnson back. It looked identical to him from the back, and with a very quick, you know, like snapshot of it, and I was like, oh my god, they got Aaron Taylor Johnson to play Quicksilver again. I'm so excited. I don't want them to keep bringing people back from the dead, but there's one character who didn't get his due. It is Quicksilver, and I do want to see more of him. And I think the way they use him in this show will be cool because he's not technically alive. But then the camera shows him at the front. And it's not Aaron Taylor Johnson. It's Evan Peters playing Quicksilver. Evan Peters, if you don't know, is the actor who portrays Quicksilver in the X-Men movies or in the previous three X-Men movies being pretty much, or the last three, basically, pretty much being X-Men Days of Future Past, X-Men Apocalypse, and Dark Phoenix. They got him. The man who's been, done so many iconic scenes in the X-Men movies, they brought him back in this show to play Quicksilver. And Darcy even says she recasted Pietro because by the definition of things, since that is, as of right now, technically in a different universe, Wanda did, in fact, recast Pietro, which is insane. But the fact that Disney now have Fox, it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like it was completely out of left field. I love the way this scene was set up because it was so mysterious. And, then, you know, we thought it was a very obvious reveal once we saw the Quicksilver here, And it kind of flipped that completely on its head. And it's crazy that they're getting these actors from the Fox X-Men movies, which, I mean, you know, I'm so connected to, obviously, back to portray these iconic characters, but in a different universe. And personally, I do prefer Evan Peters' portrayal of Quicksilver rather than Aaron Taylor Johnson's. Because I think I like the more fun Quicksilver. And it has a nice contrast to Wanda. She's kind of a very serious character. But I love the, the ring him in. But I do need to... I, I'm going to speculate for a couple of minutes here. And I think that this isn't quite as... You know... This isn't as big of a deal as I think you might hear it is. But oh my god. Like, like I said in the intro. I never had such a... Like just... Not audible, but kind of just I'm like my never had such a like such like such like an intense reaction to like something that's happened on a television television show, especially not like you know a superhero television show that I've watched, and it's just mad. Like I'm not saying this is like the best episode of superhero television I've ever seen. It's the one that I think had a scene which kind of just shocked me the most and kind of completely. Threw me off guard because I didn't know the episode was going this way. It had already given us so given us so much, and I don't think he's here to stay. You know, for like the rest of the series, he's not gonna be he's not gonna be a lead in the show. He's not gonna be like a main character in the MCU. But I do think what it is, it is, I think Pietro. Uh, this character, who let's assume isn't Pietro in real life, of course, he's just a guy. He's Evan Peters playing him, and basically. Wanda wants her brother, I guess, to be part of the sitcom, so they bring him in to play Pietro, and it's just this random guy playing Pietro Maximoff in Wanda's show. That's mostly what I think it is. There's some people who disagree with me and think this is this is a really long-term thing, and he's here to stay. He's going to be the MCU's Quicksilver, but that's not exactly what I think. Anyways, guys, tell me tell me what you guys think of WandaVision if you can below your star rating. If you can also leave that if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Besides that, though, if you enjoyed this review and if you enjoyed content like this, please consider following Movie Morning on Anchor or on Spotify or wherever you're listening, as well as leaving a like on this episode if you can, wherever you're listening. And also, if you enjoyed and you have friends who might be interested in this type of content, please consider sharing it to them, too, so that you know we can have a discussion about this. So, anyways, thank you guys so much for listening to my spoiler review of Episode 5. Of WandaVision. I think without question this is the best episode of the show. Every week so far, I think we've been I think every episode has been better than the last. I preferred episode two to episode one. Episode three was the best out of the first three. Episode four was my favorite of the first four. And I think episode five is the best episode because it balances the outside world with the sitcom elements so well to where people who aren't really into sitcoms will still be satisfied because it so heavily plays into the main plot. Thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure to come back next week for my review of episode six when that drops next Friday. With that said, I'll catch you all next time. Bye-bye.